0: Welcome back to the Two Average Gyms podcast, the unofficial podcast of the University of Georgia football. We are back here at home, Studio TF1 at Travis Fulton's place, the Stripe Show podcast studio. Big thanks to Travis as always. Please go out and follow Trav. Check him out on social everywhere. Lead instructor at Golf Channel. One of the greatest teachers in the country uh, and also a great human. Trav, thanks always. We are rocking here. What a week, Jimbo. Georgia-Florida Week, Hell Week is over, and it was good. It was? It was really good. Forty-two twenty dogs on top. We're super fired up. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to do a little review, as always, of Georgia-Florida. We're going to talk about our big week last week where we had a life-changing situation with Mr. Vern Lundquist. What a gracious man he was to come spend some time with us. We'll get into that for a minute or so. Hopefully, you've had a chance to check out that episode it was by far one of the coolest things we've ever done together. Um, got to watch that. Uh, and we're going to talk about Tennessee. You got one verse two. Tennessee's tied for two in the polls now. So you got a one verse two in Athens, in God's country. Game day will be there. We're talking about the game of the year here, Jimbo. Uh,
1: yes, we are. Got it. First time, before you get into thanking people, just want, before I forget. It's the first time ever in the history of Sanford Stadium that there will be a number one versus number two matchup at home in Athens, Georgia. Hard to believe. Pretty crazy. I I didn't believe it when I first saw it, but any time we've been in a matchup like that, it's been in a national championship game, which is played at neutral sites, um, or we've been on the road. So, pretty unbelievable stat to have for this, as you said, game of the year. I think it will be the game of the year.
0: Yeah, Athens is going to be on fire, so... Uh, a lot to get through today. There's been a lot going on in the college football world. Happy Halloween to all of you out there that have celebrated Halloween this year. I uh, hope you had a great time. So uh, last week was incredible. We started off Hell Week, cranked out the show, did a bonus special show with Vern Lundquist. Um, like I said before, one of the greatest moments of our lives. We had him sitting right here in Studio TF1. Uh, he spent, we figured maybe we get 15, 20 minutes if we're lucky with him, hour and 15 minutes plus pregame leading up to it and post-game and a gala that evening and a dinner that he spoke at but we were lucky enough to be at the head table with him we got to introduce him we got to thank him at the end uh spectacular day all around that was last thursday as we headed into the glorious weekend world's largest outdoor cocktail party uh we got some golf in on friday with the classic city collective guys that came down and want a big thanks to them for Being a part of our big tailgate on Saturday and Blue 32, being a part of that. uh, The first time we ever did that, we had a Two Average Gyms tailgate. We put a couple of pictures out there. We were very busy hosting and having some Sweetwaters, unofficial sponsor of the Two Average Gyms podcast. Uh, But we had a great turnout right on the river, tailgate on the river. A success. We will do that again for sure. We've already signed up for it next year. We had a ton of listeners there. We had some great giveaways. We gave away four club seats to the game so two lucky winners each got a pair of club seats lower level for Georgia Florida on Saturday they were thrilled we gave it away some blue 32 stuff uh, we had tons of food booze music I mean it was fantastic
1: it was incredible a lot of it was great people great vibes great beer great food and just a great atmosphere I mean it was really fun to see the signage come together big thanks to John Lashbrook and really, he set us, uh, set us up with some awesome stuff yeah. to be able to show off our brand and for people to find our tailgate by the river. Um, but like you said, big thanks to the Jacksonville Bulldog Club for helping us put that together. We came straight from uh, our other producer, T-Bone's championship flag football game. He did win the Super Bowl. He threw for, I think, three or four touchdowns. They played great. Um, so super fun going straight from that environment. To walk in straight to the tailgate, they had it set up for us. Big thanks to everybody that helped set it up. Yeah, and yeah, Billy uh, Redman and, and
0: the president of Jacksonville Bulldog Club was yes. actually there himself setting it up because we were late getting in because we were at the Super Bowl with T Bone. And uh, what a, what a game that was! What an environment that was to go have an undefeated season, and have T Bone show up, and really, we should put some footage. Yeah, we'll put some. We I should we we'll should feed in, in one in of those right a little here. clip of one of his deals in here. That'd be right good. That was electric. Yeah, that was awesome electric. And then we roll into the tailgate as you said. Uh big thanks to Billy and John and his son Tyler and, and everybody at down there that helped us out setting it up, being a part of it. Mary and her crew came yep. over from Bishop Kenny and was our social media crew. They all had their two average gym shirts on and running around doing social media stuff for us. We didn't we were a little bit of a letdown to Jimmy Evans because we didn't quite get the content that we were supposed to get. <laughs> uh, but we were very busy hosting and preparing for what was to be a victorious day uh, here in North Florida in Jacksonville at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, what a day uh, and then the whole thing with Vern. You know we got to thank Vernon Brinson and Lauren Smith uh, Georgia legends that help us put this thing together with Vern and we really got to thank Vern. What a special guy. What a special day. Uh, Vern I, I, I know the chances of you watching this episode are probably small but on the outside chance you do catch it just know that it meant the world to me for you to spend so much time with us, take it out of your schedule away from your family and your life and sp- <clears throat> spend it with us with Jimbo and I to average Jim show. It, it's it's hard to really put it into words. It's hard to hold back the emotions as you saw the other night at dinner, but I'll, I will never ever be able to thank you enough. So uh, my friend, uh, I hope we meet again soon in the future and all the best to you and keep calling it and l- as you as you gave us some advice to steal liberally. We are we have been quoting you all weekend <laughs> yeah. and we will do it on the show. We've been having a ball with it. So, Vern, thank you again. Jimbo, uh, we got to talk Tennessee. We got to talk about the Florida game. You, we got a lot here. So yes. why don't you get cranked yep. up on yeah, your stuff? I'll
1: get cranked up. I want to say a thank you to all those people like you just said. I couldn't have said it better. So I'm not going to try to say it any better. Um, what he <clears> said, <throat> thank you to everybody that was involved. Mr. Smith, Mr. Brinson, Vern, thank you so much. Billy Redden, Mary, everybody, just everybody, thank you for making it one of the best weekends I've ever had, and um, I'm sure a lot of other people. So, now getting into the show, we've got a jam-packed show, um, Halloween episode, we're recording this on Halloween, and um, so we're going to try to move through this, but just before we start, thank you guys for listening, following along, liking, commenting, subscribing, and um, basically giving us all your feedback. We saw a lot of people this weekend at the tailgate, at the Bulldog Club meeting, that gave us great feedback, what you guys liked about the show, what you wanted to see more of, all of that stuff. So please continue to do that. The only reason we have our show is because of you guys. So thank you so much, and continue to follow us on all social channels, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, anywhere you find podcasts, Twitter, um, we pretty much got all the bases yeah, covered. All the bases are covered. So at c- Two Average Gyms, two Average Gyms. Um,
0: and a big special thank you to Jimmy Evans, as always, for being yes. here, running the show for us. Uh, he had kind of a tough weekend, licking his wounds. Both <laughs> both his Gators and Jaguars lost. We, we had a really bad Sunday yeah. with the Jags, letting us down again. But, Jimmy, thanks for being here, uh, always being a part of it. Sorry about your, your Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you should know that our social media crew on the ground, we had feet on the ground, Mary and her crew, they had Florida people subscribing to the pod.
1: We, we did. The ground game we got, worked well we for got some Clemson. We got some Clemson well people
0: subscribed to the pod. Mm-hmm. So we, we had one cool uh, uh, quick thing before you, and I'll let you keep going, Jimbo. The, thank you to John Lashford that Jimbo mentioned. John, let me tell you, buddy, your stuff's always great. Let me tell you how great it was. Not only did it look great. We had a guy come up to us that we did not even know was going to be at the game. He was wandering down the river, headed towards the stadium on the sidewalk. He looks up on the hill, sees our banners on our tent, and goes, I know the two average gyms. And he ran up to the tailgate and told us that he had no idea we were even there, but he saw the damn thing on the corner and came up right into the deal, had some drinks, we got to reconnect with him. And, of course, he's a, he loves the show, subscriber from up in Georgia. So... Uh, Super very cool, cool man Super stuff that's cool. happening for something that started in a bar uh, that was really make-believe is now you know we've been Vegas a couple times we've been in Athens we've been inside the building we've been on the field we've been back here in the studio quite a bit Vern Lundquist on the phone I mean on the in the studio the show has really taken off so thank you to all of you for watching and listening however you do it and please continue
1: so um, it great very well said big Jim um, some big news today in the sec it's not um an sec monday after big rivalry games if huge breaking news doesn't happen we're going to start with brenton cox being dismissed from the florida football program shocker former georgia player he was dismissed from georgia he has now been dismissed from the university of florida he did throw a punch in the game at kenny mcintosh in the end zone the referees did not see it he was not penalized and Everybody initially, saw it on TV. thank you, Jimmy. That is what some people are saying. You know, that's why he got kicked out or dismissed. Um, that's definitely not the driving reason. That could have just been icing on the cake. Um, I was around him when I worked for the team. He was not very great for the locker room, um, hence the reasons why he got dismissed from UGA. I think there has probably been some similar issue, issues at the University of Florida. Billy Napier mentioned his press conference today. They are moving on from him, and he thinks it'll make the team healthier in the future. So I do not think that he was the best fit there. We'll see where he ends up. But that was pretty shocking news. Um, Another breaking news Brian Harson is out at Auburn as the head coach. He has been fired um, today after another loss to Arkansas, where they really just were not even really competitive in that game. I watched the highlights. Not very competitive. Auburn also did hire a new AD that started today. So I don't think it was a coincidence that they get the AD in there, get Harson out on the same day. You don't want to have your brand-new AD kind of messing with the weird coaching situation. So they're moving on from Brian Harson, And then to get to some Georgia news, Nolan Smith is likely out this week with a pec injury. He got hurt in the first quarter against Florida. A lot of people suspected it was – a separated shoulder which actually would have been better better. he probably would have been fine this week but it is a pec injury those are very hard to come back from for any position in the game of football Um, you could see him grimacing on the sideline trying to work it out he did stay on the sideline for the remainder of the game but did not go back in so he will he's officially listed as doubtful I don't expect him to play he will be missed some guys will have to step up big time against this Tennessee offense. And Marius Mims also got hurt in the Florida Mm -hmm. game, a little bit of an MCL issue. Hopefully he can come back. He's probably more on the questionable side. I don't know if he's going to play very much um, because he has been a key player when we've gotten the run game going. We do have some jumbo goal line packages where he comes in as basically a third offensive tackle, and then you add Darnell on there, and it's very, very hard to stop. So hopefully he can come back. The good thing, though, is Jalen Carter played 20 snaps this week leading up to the game. There were some reports that he was going to be out, some reports that he was shut down for the season. That was not true. Played 20 snaps, mostly on third down in the game. Had, I think, only one tackle, but he led the team in quarterback pressures, mm-hmm. so he still affected the ball game. And if he can go 100% this week, that will be huge. Uh, we will need him, to. with how fast Tennessee plays on offense. You cannot sub a lot on defense, which we'll get to in a little bit. But if uh, if we're going to have Jalen Carter back, he's going to have to be a three-down player, which he is. Um, It's been more of, I think, a conditioning and a health issue. So hopefully we get him back. Um, Last thing is A.D. Mitchell. I really don't know what um, his timeline is. He played in the Auburn game for a couple snaps, hasn't played really since, so he's been up and down. I'm hoping we get him back because he's a dynamic playmaker that we can use. But we'll see if I hear anything from um, any of my sources, I will let you guys know. And then now, before we get in the review for Florida, we have a very funny story about when we had Vern Lundquist on the show and kind of the debacle that happened getting him in studio. And so, Big Jim, if you want to know, I just rambled on for a while. If you want to go in and start that story. So, speaking
0: of of technical difficulties, um, how we sound on Jimmy, everything sounded good, everything's all good? Okay, good. So, we... As anybody who's ever done this probably knows, uh, occasionally you run into an issue with your uh, with your broadcast, right? And it could be uh, something really simple, like you know, there's a something doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it all it happens, right? Everybody's stuff. So we had that happen. Um, uh, no, we didn't. No, the first we had, th- we no, had. No, no, So the first thing we the first thing that happened to us was we forgot to put the little card in.
1: To record the Florida That's why some of the audio was off. uh, Some
0: of the audio was off. We forgot to put the little thing in there. So we watched the the, the soundboard, and we're like, huh, I wonder why that that light's blue today and it's not red. Well, we now know it's blue because it wasn't working because we didn't put the card in. So now we got through that, learned our lesson, and the sound ended up being great. Jimmy Evans did a great job and getting some sound. It wasn't our, our typical A++ in my mind, but maybe we're a little bit too close to it and critiquing it too hard. We are so pumped up for the Vern deal last week. We're scrambling because we're trying to get organized for that evening for the dinner thing. And then we're getting organized for the tailgate on Saturday. We had to get everything dropped off because it was a production. I mean, we had a massive tent, you know, high top tables everywhere and other tables and I mean, just stuff everywhere. It was a big production. So we were trying to get everything down there on Thursday. So we're, we're doing a lot of things at one time. We're trying to work for a living and, you know, we got the tiny humans at home. We're getting ready for the Super Bowl for T-Bone, and uh, we 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 got everything loaded up in the truck, and we head down to the studio, TF1 right here, where we always are, and we get here, and we realize that we're early, which is great. We plan on being early with Jimmy Evans to get everything set, so when Vern walks in, man, we're ready to rock, and he's impressed. We get here early, and we realize that we don't have the key to the studio, so... I really dislike self-inflicted wounds. We decided to take Jimbo's truck instead of mine because all this stuff was loaded into his truck and we didn't want to move it into my truck. So then when we get here, we realize, oh boy, we say, oh my, (laughs) not a good one. The key is on my key ring on my truck back home. Vince is on, Vern is on the phone with me, telling me they're a few minutes out, we are full, I mean full panic mode how Completely do we how do we get it so I literally find, find the building guys upstairs that don't speak great English Jimbo finds the building manager see if they have a, a, a master key they're looking into that I'm getting these guys to pull every key into place and we start trying all these different keys I tell the guy if we don't have a master key can you just take the door off I'll just get a new door like take the hinge off take the, the handles off take anything. it all off anything just get us ins- on the other side of that door I'm like, Vern Lundquist is going to be here in two minutes. We've got to get inside. Some dude shows up. I guess number two guy here or something. Maybe he's the head guy. He's
1: the head maintenance guy. Head
0: guy comes up, and wouldn't you know, we made one of the greatest trades we've ever made in our life. One large bottle of Crown Royal for one master key. And we got inside Studio TF1 one minute, no bullshit, one minute before Vern walks up the stairs with Vernon Brinson, his host, and into here, to, and it looks like we actually kind of know what we're doing. We're frantically setting up, setting up. We're trying to host Vern over here in our green room over here on the couches and telling stories. And I notice that it's taken a little while longer th- th- than normal, than usual, to set up. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Well, we can't take our, our, our focus off of Vern. We're trying to keep the flow, right, build a relationship, get ready for the show, talking about what we're going to talk about, and, and just kind of, you know, really just bonding. And then I hear this. Jimmy Evans moment. Uh Jimbo, can you come here for a second? I'm like, uh oh, that is not good. <coughs> yeah. That is not a good thing right there. No. So I'm trying to hold court with Vern and Vernon and, and I'm trying to listen to what's going on over there. And what do you know? The damn soundboard decides it's not going to work. So the for day the first time ever. Yeah, first time ever. The day we have Vern Lundquist in the studio <laughs> who flew here from Austin, Texas, the soundboard's not working. So now we're like, we went from triple panic mode, we can't get into the studio, to getting into the studio on a miracle on a trade for Crown Royal, unofficial sponsor of the Two Average podcast, to now we can't do the sound. It's not like we can bring Vern back. It's not like he's just going to come back for us, right? So what are we going to yeah. do? Jimmy <laughs> Evans, Jerry Riggs, the whole thing with Jimbo. I don't know still don't know exactly what they did, but the sound ended up coming out beautifully. I know Jimmy did a lot of that stuff on the back end as well. So huge thank you to pull it off. And I don't think I don't think we ever led on to it with Vern, so he never really knew that we couldn't get in and nor do we have any sound. No, we, I mean
1: He he did not know that we couldn't get in. That yeah. was big time. Yeah. But yeah, it was great. We made the best of it. You gotta think quick, you know, sometimes be quick on your feet. Jimmy Evans is always quick on his feet whether it's with jokes or audio equipment. And uh, we made it work, and I agree. The sound, I think, turned out, I mean, It turned out way better than for, I thought. I was excited. For what we, for, you know, for the circumstances of what was going on, we made the best of it. It was incredible, great episode. And, the you know, we had the film quality there, so that yeah. was fun. Uh, but my, really, my, we, my <laughs> we thought everyone would enjoy that story because by the time we left the studio... I mean, basically, my dad and I—I I think Jimmy too—we were all sweating through our clothes because we were so nervous about getting in here, oh. getting the audio set up, trying to make you know Vern and uh, Mr. Brinson com- comfortable and make sure everything's good, and and um, so it was uh, quite the debacle to start the episode. But we recovered well, we made the best of it, and uh, we had a great interview with the legendary Vern Lundquist. Yeah,
0: yeah and. Our body temperatures hit around 400 Kelvin at one point, and we're trying not to be nervous in front of Vern and the whole time we're sitting here going through this like crazy surreal experience with him. I'm sitting here thinking what if this is not working. What if the volume what if the sound and the quality I'm like, can you imagine we f- pull off a way to get Vern in here with us and then nobody could hear it. I mean, I that whole thing was just like, oh, my God, please, yeah. please. So we pulled off a couple of miracles. Uh, it's, it, you got to watch the episode because there's, a, there's a piece of it where Vern tells a story similar to our story in the sense that everything went haywire and they were doing a live broadcast in Europe out of the back of a van. Honestly, God, out of the back of a van. you got to go listen to this story. It's incredible the way they ended up doing it and pulling it off. So, it just goes to show you, when there's crisis, there's opportunity. We definitely believe in that motto. Having somebody like Jimmy Evans made that a lot smoother, and we pulled through and ended up with just a a lifetime memory that I will certainly never forget. So, a little fun stuff there on what all went down. Um, Jimbo, let's get into, uh, let's just review the game. I think, you know, we, the one comment I want to make on the game before you kind of give us your expert stuff is, Jim and I are both on the stadium, uh which we decided to do that kind of late in the game, and you know we started off well uh then we got a little shaky you know we we've had some moments where we are uh, you know getting in the turnover game and we're making some mental mistakes you know the I feel like the the uh roughing the the passer was a little bit of an unfortunate timing play, i mean he kind of pulled up yeah and it's like, i yeah. mean I, I'm
1: not gonna lie. Where I was at in the stadium, you could not hear a whistle. Yeah, of how loud so it was. It's so it's a little I, bit of unfortunate timing, right? Yeah. circumstance. Shouldn't but, have happened, but I. But still, I it's think a, it's kind of a.
0: Like you, you had to be at least looking at the guy, and the guy's standing like, I mean, like he
1: stopped. Yeah, right? I mean, so I'm gonna give him a pass on it, but like, because he wasn't the only player that it wasn't like just him that kept playing. Right. There was a lot of guys on the field that kept yeah. going.
0: But you, you take that fourth down. That was fourth down, right? Yeah. Three turnovers. You take that away and this could have been really ugly and i'll tell you 42 20 um and nobody is really excited like nobody no, is, cause we did, is I, overjoyed because we didn't play that well
1: it just really just the third quarter
0: so but the only thing i want to say about that is and then i'll let you get into the real good stuff here the expert stuff it it, it just shows you what Kirby smart has done to this program We've been going to that game for 20 years, and we used to go in there, and I'd be nervous as hell, what's going to happen today, even when we were favored, right? I went in there on Saturday, we're going to win the game. Right. And, like, I just don't want to get hurt. Remember saying, I just don't want any injuries. Right. And, and, and we're going to win the game. I just feel real good about that. Then we dominate, and we could have just smashed them, and, and, but nobody. Like, when we walk in today, Jimmy's like, I notice you guys really aren't gloating at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I, you know, it just like it wasn't really years past 4220. I mean, we'd be dancing in the streets. Now, we did have for a lot sure. of fun that evening. I don't want to say there was plenty of dancing in the streets, but that was more because it, it was a victory over Florida in general. But we were all together down on the river, and it was that, right? It wasn't like, right. oh, wow, we beat Florida. For-. I mean, nobody had that feeling. Um, so I think it's a tribute to what Kirby's done to the program, and where, right or wrong, the expectations are of what he's done. I mean, yes, it is a I different agree. place. It's a different situation. It really is. And if people don't understand that as fans, our fans are amazing. They're so passionate. But if you don't really understand that, uh, you know, you're missing something. Jimbo, give them the real good stuff. Give them the expert yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you that the standard and the expectations have changed completely for when Kirby Smart got here to where they are now. And basically what I thought from the game It's a great win, 42-20, to a three-touchdown win over Florida. You always got to celebrate that no matter what. For kind of the run that they went on for years that we talked about in the preview, you're starting to see it shift our way a little bit. So you never really want to take these wins lightly because there have been a lot of times where in the 2000s we were the higher-ranked team, we were the better team, and we got upset by Florida. Right. So um, I think it's – you know – it's crazy that we that we still won by 22 and we lost the turnover battle three to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, the first half, let me just get, start with the first half. The first half was great. We started fast. You go up 28 to three. My favorite part was the two minute drive to end the first yeah. half to score because we executed it perfectly. Stopped them on defense. Kirby used his timeout great on the third down play. Anthony Richardson scrambled and went out of bounds, which let us keep two timeouts mm-hmm. which is a big difference um, we got they kind of shanked the punt we got the ball at midfield and Stetson led a great drive capped it off with a touchdown to Ladd McConkie um, he threw a deep ball to Ladd which I think may have been I, I they call pass interference on the defense I think it was a bad call shouldn't say I don't think it should have been offensive PI I just think it should have been a no-call. No call. It didn't help. Ha- I mean, it got declined. It didn't help. But um, the very next play, we threw the slant, the lad. He scored. And that really – I mean, I was in the Florida section. And after we scored that touchdown, people left. And I thought to myself, all right, that's a ball game. People are already leaving. They're crushed. They're, they're going to the locker room with no juice. And in the second half, we let them back in the game because of turnovers. Yep. You come out, and I can't remember. I rewatched the game this morning, so this is sad that I can't remember this. But um, I can't remember (coughs) if they came out on their first drive and scored or not because they got the ball at half. Um, But anyways, we let them back in the game. The one good thing that I liked about the situation was we faced adversity in the second half, which has only happened one other time this year against Missouri. And not that we were – it, not that it was a true road game, but it did get loud in there mm-hmm. when we were on offense, and it was 28-20. It was a one-possession game. And what I loved is we kept going back to Kenny McIntosh after his fumble. He had some great he runs looks good. in the second God, doesn't half. he look good? Oh, yeah. <sighs> John Edwards had some great runs. Branson Robinson had a couple great runs. But when it got close, 28-20, we kind of buckled down, took over the game again, scored two quick touchdowns, and put it out of reach, and that was kind of it. So they're kind of – we talked about starting fast and not giving them any hope. They had hope for probably two minutes in the game, which they got back. And I also said last week this team can take a punch and score. They traded touchdowns with LSU. They stayed in it with Utah. They stayed in it with Tennessee. So they didn't just roll over. I think past Florida teams, like under Dan Mullen, when they went down like that, they just kind of rolled over and gave up. Credit to Billy Napier in Florida for battling back, staying even keeled, coaching a good game. Um, and I know Coach Smart is uh, you know actually pretty close with Coach Napier. Yep. So um, credit to them, I, um, I really liked our defense in the first half, they didn't get a first down until well into the second quarter. Um, one thing that I am worried about though, Anthony Richardson had multiple downfield throws that were wide open, Mm -hmm. that he either missed with an inaccurate throw or he just missed completely because he didn't read the play correctly. This is a copycat league and a copycat sport. Tennessee's going to see some of those plays and try to run the same exact Mm -hmm. play. So I'm a little worried about that. Like I said, I loved what I saw from the running backs, Dejon Edwards and Kenny McIntosh. Um, They had two kind of big throws down the sideline on Keeley where he just missed time to jump. Mm If he times that correctly, at one play the shorter
0: was incredible. Yeah, uh, but I mean, that was he ball, was right there. The perfect. ball he was, the ball was perfect and the catch was perfect. I mean, that, yeah, but he could have
1: if he didn't. If he jumped on time, it, there's no way he would have caught it. He might have knocked it down. He yeah. he would he would have. Shorter's he, good. He's legit. That yeah, was, Shorter's he's big. Yeah, he's that ball.
0: That's I mean that's probably the best ball that AR threw all year. Yeah, that was a good ball. We
1: had the one coverage bust on their one long touchdown. That was awful. Um, that, that, was was that was bad. That was, that was Malachi, Malachi stars came up and um, read
0: it right. And, Went up instead of mm-hmm. – and he tried to make a play on instead he of – Tried know. to
1: jump the route, which he was close, but can't do that as a safety. But as a true freshman, you – I mean, for that being his first real real huge bust that resulted in he a long a touchdown too, like though. that. Who? Malachi. No, he didn't.
0: He had a pick in the end zone.
1: We didn't have any turnovers.
0: Did they call it back?
1: Yeah, we didn't We didn't have any turnovers. I thought Malachi
0: game. had a pick in the end zone. Mm-mm. Right down uh, – are you sure about
1: that? I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure we lost the turnover battle three to nothing, but anyways, um, if we play, really the only bad um, quarter was the third quarter. Yep. And if we play a quarter like that versus Tennessee, we risk a loss because they score very fast. Um, Yeah, they didn't have any turnovers in the game. Um, They must
0: not call that a pick then.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what you're talking about um he
0: got it he kind of rolled over I I thought he had a pick
1: um anyways that with how fast Tennessee scores we can't play a quarter like that um but all in all huge win I like the tempo that we used on offense Mm -hmm. I don't think you'll see that this week we're going to try to control the time of possession but I really did like the tempo we mixed in loved getting the tight ends involved obviously I said last week that we would rely a lot on stetson throwing the ball which we did he threw it 37 or 38 times and i know a lot of other media members were saying we're going to run the ball the whole game um i bet you we, we run not it a that. lot this week i think we're going to run it a lot this week too um i also said look for the tight ends to have big days because of the poor tackling on the gator defense and brock bowers went for a career high in receiving yards i'm not saying i'm from the future all i'm saying is I felt like I had a pretty good feeling. Yeah,
0: that was good. But um, there's a way on a tight end play. Let me mention this.
1: There's a play that Darnell made.
0: And I'm not sure if people really understand how amazing of an athlete this man is. And on that this one particular play, the D back for Florida. I can't remember which one it was. He goes low on Darnell. Darnell got so low with his upper body and helmet. I mean, I'm talking like a foot and a half off the ground. Pounds the guy keeps his footing keeps on going gets hit again keeps on going to get that low as a man that big and I've I've met him with you when you when we got to hang out with him. Yeah, he is a massive human for him to be able to have the coordination the balance. I mean this the flexibility the whole thing to be able to get that low crush a guy and stay on his feet and keep going. That was a that was an incredible play. Mm -hmm. I think it was only a maybe a 15 or 17 yard play, but if you, he if, made you the play. if you rewatch it and watch him take on that D back and how low he gets, it's it's unbelievable.
1: Um, that's awesome. He's just a freak. He's yeah. a freak. He's LeBron. A couple more stats um, to end the Florida review. Uh, the Gators averaged two point nine yards per attempt on the ground on Saturday. They entered the game leading the nation, averaging 6.4 yards per rush. Wow. So we were still very dominant Whew. against the run. Um, we had three sacks against Anthony Richardson. Um, we were pretty dominant on converting on third down. We were 6 for 12, 50%, and we were 2 for 3 on fourth down. Um, we the were fourth, The fourth
0: down we missed. That was a drop. Yeah. That was Darnell at the end because we probably would have won 49-20 if he, if he catches that.
1: Yeah. Um. We are off to an eight no start this season. It's the tenth time in school history that we have started eight no, but the first time that we've done it in back to back seasons, we are eight and four in the last twelve matchups against Florida dating back to two thousand eleven. And um, we're what,
0: five and one in the last six, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um
0: I like those numbers, Jimmy. <laughs>
1: yeah. Florida scored seventeen points in the third quarter on two touchdowns and a field goal in Georgia's first seven games. They had allowed nine total points on three field goals in the third quarter. We also have outscored our opponents this season in the first quarter, 74-6. to So we need to keep that momentum going with our big game coming up against Tennessee, game of the year. But that kind of rounds out my review for Florida, just a good win, a little sloppy in the third quarter, put ourselves behind with dumb turnovers and penalties. If we clean that up, like you said, that score... That was at the end of the first half, twenty eight to three. You may have seen that replicated in the second half. But um credit to Florida. They made some great plays yep. and Coach Napier kept him in the game. He's got a
0: toughness to him, Napier, that is not like Mullen. You know, Mullen's more I think on the you know ego flash side of things. Uh Napier's, you know, gritty. <laughs> you
1: think so, Jimmy? Uh, oh, there you go. Oh we're <laughs> getting we, we, we go. got
0: expert Florida opinion coming here from yeah. Jimmy Evans. His, uh, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, Fresh George is only going to get you 8-4 and four on your best day. Um, but Napier, we'll see. I think yeah. I think he will turn the program around, and I think Florida will improve. I do believe that. So, Jimmy, I think better days are ahead, buddy. Um,
1: MVPs of the game.
0: MVPs of the game, Jimbo, and that, that's sponsored by
1: uh, – who was our sponsor on this thing here? The re, uh, Classic Review? City Collective. Classic
0: City Collective. The guys came down, were part of the tailgate. Uh, helped us out with that, had a big time. Uh, we did golf with those guys, hosted them for golf. And the Classic City Collective, man, it's really, really important. We found out while we were spending time together that there are teams that are have collectives like ours. I mean, pretty much everybody has one at this point to deal with this NIL thing. And there's teams out there that are ahead of us that should not be ahead of us, right? We should be at the top, gold standard, Running the show as far as fundraising dollars to our athletes, opportunities for our athletes, et cetera, and you—if you watch recruiting at all—you're gonna you're gonna start to see, and it's already happening, right? We saw some the kid go to Miami. Uh, you this stuff gets published about what these guys are getting paid. Well, we need to have that for our athletes, not just the football folks, but all the athletes at the University of Georgia. And Classic City Collective is leading the charge and trying to come up with a sustainable model. Try to get in the twenty one club if you can give them ten million dollars if you can no, that's <laughs> fine that's fine too That'd be but great. but if you can't the twenty one club is a way to have an impact yourself twenty one dollars a month but you can do any level you can do fifty a hundred a month whatever Jimbo and I joined uh, and it's it's a way to get uh our dollars that we want to give to what we care about the most um uh, the athletes of the University of Georgia, the University, et cetera. And, uh, at the, and Classic City Collective is here to manage that, take care of that, help all the athletes, not just with getting the contracts, but managing the money, preparing them on how to, how to deal with all that stuff and deal with what comes with if you get a contract. What do you do? you got to learn how to talk to people. you got to learn how to be on television. you got to learn how to be in front of a microphone, all that kind of stuff. So uh, thank you to Classic City Collective. It was so fun having those guys down here. A uh, big-time Georgia-Florida time with them. Uh, let's get into the MVPs here. I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, mine on offense is the man, uh, the double B, Brock Bowers. Yep, uh, me he too. pretty much could win it almost every week. It's kind of funny when you think about it. Could the guy, like, can he keep doing it? I keep saying it to myself. Can he keep doing this? <laughs> I and think he so. keeps doing it.
1: Yeah. Right? Think as so. long
0: as he stays healthy. I yeah. mean, the coordination around that double, triple, flip, touch, flip it back over and over here. I mean, I know was he designed design it that yeah. way,
1: but he he made it happen, mm-hmm.
0: right? That's soft hands for the big guy, the catch he made over the top. Yeah,
1: that was he, a he great catch.
0: incredible. I mean, he's Spider-Man. He, that's what I was saying at the game. He's he's like his hands. He just –
1: everything that goes near his hands is
0: yep. unbelievable. So Brock is mine on offense. Jimbo, who do you like?
1: Me, me too. Okay. Brock Bowers. Yep. Brock Bowers. And then defense, I had Chris Smith and Javon Bullard. Chris Smith. One co defensive player of the week in the SEC. Yeah, I saw that great game. And Brock actually was um, co offensive player of the week um, for the SEC. Are you sure it was co? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think it was. was, I think he got it straight up. Okay. Yep. Um, Sweet. Well, and then Javon Buller because he led the team in tackles, and I thought he just played a great game, flying around.
0: Yep. I like those picks. All right. So Tennessee preview. Brought to you by Atlanta Chiropractor, uh, Atlanta Chiropractic, excuse me. Go to AtlantaChiropractor.com. Go over there if you're local and see Dr. Crosby, Dr. Blake. I think these guys are fantastic humans. They heal all of our wounds. Jimbo, we needed that yesterday, and actually, we needed it today. I spent uh, a few minutes at Blue 32 trying to get ready for the show and get prepped up and get revamped after our weekend downtown and then uh our sad sunday watching the jaguars but get over to atlantic chiropractor if you can uh, atlantic chiropractic excuse me again or visit them on their website atlanticchiropractor.com thank you dr crosby dr blake you guys are the best i will see you soon jimbo tennessee
1: we gotta uh don't forget we're gonna do our special guest before the tennessee preview
0: oh our special guest this week
1: yes special guest we are having on pga tour caddy Kip Henley, Uncle Kip, as I know him, is coming on the show. He is a huge Tennessee fan, follows them very closely. Very excited to get him on the show, get his opinion about the Vols and to see what he thinks about the game. So we're going to put his interview in right here before the preview. Um, but He's Decision Cave, right? He's coming to, he's, to us. Yep, in the Decision Cave. cave. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's going to be a great interview. We're very excited to have him on, so we're going to put it right here.
0: Kipper is uh, the best. We've known him for years and years and years. He met Jimbo when he was just a little guy, uh, knee high to a duck, as Pops would say. And uh, Kipper, I don't people, I don't know if people know this, uh, or who we're talking about, but longtime PGA Tour caddy, great golf for himself. He won the first big break yeah? on the Golf Channel ever, and uh, actually played out on tour for a little bit. Um, just a phenomenal human wonderful family and he's one of the funniest jokers you'll ever be around and if you follow him on social media you know exactly what we're talking about. Yep. He's got his own damn language and uh, he's got his own you know sort of uh, vernacular and how he how he does mm-hmm. his spells his stuff and talks his stuff I mean so we're gonna have him on we'll get a full Tennessee feel and vibe from Uncle Kipper when we go to the decision cave. Welcome back to the Two Average Gyms podcast, the unofficial podcast of the University of Georgia football. We're coming to you live for the Decision Cave this evening. Jimbo, very excited about the special guest we've got here for everybody. It's Tennessee week. We brought in a Tennessee insider. He's on the road, as he always is, but he's a family man first. And then he's out chasing uh, his profession out in the golf world. He also has some solid football knowledge, which is why we pulled him in here. Jimbo, tell everybody who we got.
1: Yeah, so this week, I want to welcome on our very special guest, Kip Henley. I refer to him as Uncle Kip. We've known him for a very long time. He has always been great to us. He has been a mentor to me for many years. He does great things, like my dad said, big family, man. And um, we've had a lot of great times in the past. He has given me a lot of great opportunities um, through the game of golf with what he does. So we're excited to share with you guys what he does, and um, also his Tennessee fandom and some cool stories um, from his professional life and from his personal life of being a Tennessee fan. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah. So for the folks of you that don't know Kip, which is probably only a couple, because just about everybody knows Uncle Kip, uh, we've known him a long time. And going back in his days, um, he and I used to play golf from time to time. He actually was the winner of the big break, the original big break, right? First one? Second one. Second one. Okay. okay. the Second one, big break. The big show, the breakthrough show out of, on the golf channel back in God, what is that? 15 years oh, four. ago? Oh four. Tw- 18 years ago. God, so so we're like 20, we're like 20 years in, bro. 20 years. <laughs> That's great. Holy moly. So crazy. Kimber wins a big break. He was a great athlete growing up, played a lot of sports. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. Um, and then it's, and then he fell, in you know, I, I don't know which one he loved the most. We'll ask him about that. But big golfer, been around the game for a long time, played professionally, and then ended up caddying out on tour. He's been out there for a long time. We're anxious to get some updates on that and some fun, uh, some fun stories there. So, uh, Kipper, welcome. Thank you so much. I know you're busier than ever. I know you do a lot of shows. I know you've got a huge following. Uh, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us, uh, me and Jimbo,
2: tonight. I couldn't be more excited to be on here with the old McCarthy boys. And it's good for Jimbo to take a little bit of time in between his pursuit of the president that he's going to be the president of the United States someday. I've been telling him that since he was like eight. Beautiful, respectful, intelligent, everything, kid, you could ever ask. Jimbo, you're going to be the president of the United States someday. So appreciate you having me on your podcast on your way to the top, little buddy. (laughs) And Jimbo, Jim, Jim, I mean, you've been a dear friend forever for me, bud. We got to be buddies not long after the big break and we've stayed as tight as uh, just brothers. And uh, uh, I always love you, McCarthy boys, the McCarthy family, the whole, all of them. You, 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 a you had a chance fun. You had a chance.
0: way back in the day to get involved with a lot of the McCarthy brothers or all of us actually at one point um, at a, at a golf event that was pretty fun. And, and uh, we still tell that story of, of you being a surprise and coming and just peeling down the fairway of the golf course and surprising yeah. everybody. And That's what right. a time that was, man! We did our own big break with Tip Henley right after he won the thing. Yeah, and, man, it was that was one of the funnest things I've ever done with my brothers all together. And having you there was extra special, buddy. A um, so we're, we're 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 pumped, man, to have you on. And uh, uh, Jim, I'll let you get going here with your with your piece.
1: Okay, It's Tennessee well,
0: week, we got to get into that.
1: Yep. First off, big um, week. huge week, very excited, one versus three, um, one versus two in the AP poll, one versus three in the CFP poll. But first, before we get into that, I just want to okay, update people where you are right now, yeah. what you're doing this week. I believe you told me you were in Savannah for the Corn Ferry Finals. Well, it's
2: called the Corn Fairy Q School. Okay. Corn Fairy Finals are over, and I'm here with the uh, kid. I've been so fortunate to get to hang out and help a little bit. Of course, you don't need much help, but uh, Chris got her up. A New Jersey kid that uh, graduated from Oklahoma and absolutely set the golf world on fire. In fact, his senior year, he won the Haskins and the Nicholas Award, and you know, and uh, then he went straight to the tour. He got three or four sponsored exemptions and went crazy. He had a, he had a top four, and he finished like seventh. And if he would have been a uh, a member, but it's all the crazy rules that the Tour puts out, where he wasn't a member, he didn't get his full points that he should have gotten. It's a crazy rule, but I can't take too long to explain. But he didn't he didn't get any status off of that. I mean, maybe this much status, but he's working on sponsors' ascensions again. I have worked the uh, the last two Tour events I worked for him. I worked for him uh, Napa first and. And we had, he hit he didn't hit it good that week, but we finished like 50th. And uh, and then in Vegas, we were, he started playing a lot better and started hooping a few putts. And we were tied for like 24th or something going into Sunday. And I just knew he was fisting to set the world on fire on Sunday. And uh, he got off, he bogeyed the first three holes. He missed a short putt on one and we bogeyed the second, third hole. And he only shot one under on the day, but they tear that place up and they ran by. So we finished 40th in that. So. Got a fiftieth and a fortieth, so we're trending up. But nice. he's here at this—he's here in Savannah. We're playing the landings. They got like six golf courses—an incredible uh, facility here. And uh, we're playing two different golf courses, so we had a lot of preparation work this week. And it starts—it goes Friday to Monday. I don't know why it goes Friday to Monday, but it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Okay. So uh, if he plays great, it'll just give him status on the Corn Ferry Tour. It won't give How him tour status. He's twenty three. He's, I mean, he's fresh out of college, and I mean, and he is the a bomber. The kick, and he can hit it through a brick wall. I mean, he he Ooh. cuts every ball, you know, unless he has to turn, he turn it over. He has to, but he likes to fade it. And man, you know, if he if he don't like the hole, he takes this two iron out and he hits a BB. It don't get any higher than your belt, and I mean, it is it flies like two hundred and fifty yards this high off the ground. It's like a missile. Just wow. <laughs> that's awesome. I love watching him play, man, and he's, and he really, he's chill. Nothing bothers him. You know, when you see the controversy that happens on the course, you know, from players acting like idiots or fans acting like idiots, he just smiles. And I mean, he is really a great cat to hang around with on the golf. He doesn't get, I mean, I've never seen him upset. I mean, he's a real treat to work for. So, well, I mean, sounds, so like, a nice yeah, uh, awesome. sounds like a nice fit. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Sounds like a nice fit. Fun.
2: Oh my gosh. I mean if he if he gets status on the PGA tour besides Uncle Kip wearing diamonds on every finger, I'll be the happiest guy out there because he's just so relaxed, man. No, he's a trick that. to work for. Oh,
0: that's fantastic. That's awesome. We've got a buddy who who was in the uh in the uh Corn Ferry um qualifying and he was second stage. Um what stage is this?
2: Last this is it. This is final stage.
0: Okay. This second stage, he's a really good player. He's got the course record here. He shot 60, 60, no, no,
2: 60, 60 with a bogey. Oh, wow.
0: Uh, and his name's No, he he blew up on one hole. He got, he got a nine on a hole. He was tied for 18th. And
2: uh, yeah. he's still yeah. brutal. There's there's not much room anymore. Mm. I mean, it's like on the mm. PJ Tour. I mean, you slip under the cut, you can still win. Every week you can win every week if you just barely because there's the cuts are dropping, you know, and the winning scores aren't changing that much on the BJ Tour. You know, it seems like there's a mental block there or something, but the guys who just play so dang good, man, that that cut drops, it drops every, every week. It's dropped, you know, every year it just seems to get a little better. Tiny shot here, tiny shot there. So, I mean, the quality of play is insane. So, that cat probably is as good as your buddy's, probably as good as anybody here, but like you said, he had a bad home. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, right. uh, we
0: crazy. haven't had a chance to follow up with him about it. It was such a bummer because we're all rooting for him back here. And he's, he's one of those guys, like you said, he's, he's a great guy. He's a little bit older. Um, I'm guessing he's 29. Yeah. <laughs> he's been at it. He's been at it trying to get there and, and he's playing a different level of golf right now. Cause we played with him over the years. And he, he he hits it through a brick wall like you say. I mean, he hits it a freaking mile. I mean, it's awesome. crazy. It that's, the,
2: that's where we're heading with the game now. All these guys bombing, but you call him old at 29? Calm down. I was 44 <laughs> still going to tour school like an idiot. I was.
0: <laughs> I'm just talking about how today these guys are coming up and they're so damn young and they're already oh, out there.
2: Well, he's you. been bouncing oh, around. So good for, coming out of college, man. We play with three his college buddies, and I mean, they're dynamite. They're they're loaded with game, and they're brilliant minds. I mean, kids now, man, they're just so well trained. It's awesome. I love it,
1: though. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> um, and I have a question, real quick, Uncle Kip. For so when you say a ton of, I don't think many people know this about the game of golf, or I, I don't think maybe the I don't think the casual fans know this, but when you say, I don't even think I really know what goes into it. So when you talk about preparation from you you guys going into this week, what's the preparation like for you? Like what's your process behind that?
2: Well, uh, preparation isn't as difficult as it used to be in the old days uh, before the yardage books became so darn complete. They're amazing. You know, and the tour has backed it down a little bit where we don't have the green – the the uh, in-depth green uh, slopes like we had for a while it was that was going insane where you could read a putt from the parking lot if you tell him where he's at on the green you could read you say where's the cup how many on it is well this putt's going to break left you know if you knew how far he was on how far he was mm-hmm. from edge you, need, you could look at there and say this putt breaks left or, but they they started to back that down which is good because I was kind of old school when that was kind of happening I kept reading it the old way I always like to say I can see downhill you know putts break downhill. It's that simple. So, but uh, as far as preparation now, Jimbo, you know, you like to uh, get to the golf course. If you can work it before he gets there, which is the best scenario. But uh, like this week, I couldn't. We got here at the same time. We started at the same time. uh, We just get a feel for what's off the tee. You know, we'll hit, we'll play practice rounds. And the main thing I'll do as a caddy, really, I'll walk around the greens to see. You know, I like to put a red, yellow, green on the. I'll put a R, a Y, a y or a G on the where because all the pins on the PJ Tour they just don't put them in the middle. They're never in the middle. They're mm-hmm. always you know three, four, five from the edge. You know, and so I'll walk around. I'll look. I'll figure out where the pins and we have the yard. We have the pins from years past. We know where those are at. So I'll walk to those parts <laughs> of the green. And I'll look, and if I've never seen the course before, if I know it like Hilton had, I've been around it five hundred times. I know where you cannot hit, where you can hit, where you can miss. But if I don't know it, I'll walk around the green and I'll just put, I'll put red, yellow, green, red, yellow, green around it. Like this is a green flag; it's okay, you know. Even just sitting over in the corner, it's okay to shoot straight at it. Because if you miss to the side, it's you'll have an easy uphill pitch or something like that. You just look for things for runoffs and and not short side yourself where you're going downhill or having to come over stuff so that's it's pretty simple but but now jimbo in the books good god i mean they're so detailed yardage wise i mean mm-hmm. you stand on the tee you can play it completely blind i can look at my yardage book and i go you got you got 230 yards to carry that bunker on the right you see that bunker that's over it it's another 80 yards to start right there in fact i'll say it's 75 yards to the rough and it's another five more yards to the backwards 80 yards to get him in, in the sand over that so all we got to do is just carry this ball so far and you got you know 40 more yards or what however many yards in there in the middle so it's so easy to caddy now as far as uh, preparation
1: okay interesting
2: i don't know if i, I buy that <laughs> i don't know if i buy that I, I i i think you you uh
0: i think you're 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 uh better at it than what you're leading into here is <laughs>
1: I'm
0: not buying it. i kind got to
2: keep it pretty simple, man. So I don't know. I, I'm a good fit for some of the guys. Some of the guys are really super-duper detail-oriented. I, I'm not that good a fit for those cats. But yeah. guys that mm-hmm. just like to have a cat that can read read greens and know what it's like to try and hold a 15-footer when your hands are shaking and what you want to hear or what you don't hear. I feel like I'm pretty decent at that right there. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, and that's yeah. valuable. The mental I mean, like you said, the mental <clears throat> mental aspect is huge. Um, well, now to get into I want to get back to a couple more golf stories, but to get into kind of your Tennessee fandom and the history of your background with Tennessee, you're originally from Tennessee, correct? Chad Nugget, born and raised. And I've never growing, lived anywhere else. And growing up. Tennessee was just always your team, I'm assuming.
2: Yeah. When I say never been anywhere else, never, li- I live uh, in Crossville, Tennessee. In fact, I live in Crossville when
1: we became friends, but
2: uh, I've never left Tennessee and I've always been a UT fan. My uh, oldest daughter, Darby, graduated from UT. So
1: she's okay. a big job
2: fan too. So I was going to Knoxville nice. ball games when I was a kid whenever we could get tickets, you know. So. Mm-hmm. And it's been it's been tough to be a, a big Orange fan in the last few years, man. We've had it rough since they hired old Dooley's kid that came out. I didn't even know Vince Dooley had a son. And they made him our Dane coach. It started to go <laughs> right then. But uh, I, I guess Tennessee football has been pretty amazing. Have you guys ever been in the stadium when it's really going? Oh, how no. do you? You should be ashamed of yourself, but you, you need to see that. Of course, I've never been in the to the Georgia State and Sanford Stadium or whatever. I've never been there either.
1: So you gotta see that. You gotta check it out. <laughs> we should fact, just trade
2: man, I
1: would, you'll be on we the sidelines. We should sideline. just trade off. Will you be on the sidelines Saturday or you gotta No, I'm d i am I graduated. I'm here I'm in Jacksonville working now. You got no pull where you get you a good sideline ticket. Well he get could back. go and
0: we could we just decided not to go up this weekend, but if we were there, he he could we we'd be in the facility. We'd be doing the show in there. We did that a couple weeks ago when we were up there that's not the issue it's really of him a hard getting in there.
2: I know where you guys are leaning, obviously, but, <laughs> man, Tennessee, man, we got a, we got an offensive juggernaut there, don't we, man? We're
0: banged up, mm-hmm. and we're hurt. And are a little banged up. Problem.
2: You're right. We're starting to get healthy again. I think it's going to be a, a great, great ball game. We'll see.
0: Game of the year. It is the game of the year.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so. It's the, it's the first time ever that there's been a top three matchup in our stadium in the history of our football program it's kind of crazy to think about that there's never That's been That's unbelievable. It's crazy. Um yeah, how has that not happened before. I have no idea. It's, it's happened on the road, but yeah. it has never happened in Athens. That's awesome. crazy.
2: Yeah. But so we're, it's going to be super
1: it. exciting. Do you do you have oh, So how was did you watch the Tennessee Bama game I'm assuming? Ever How spent. was that how was that feeling of beating them for the first time in forever? I mean, I don't know how many years. It's been 15
2: years. say Saban's never lost.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, I mean, I was an idiot. I watched it all by myself in the living room. Sissy was off work and doing her food truck The wife, you know. And, I mean, when that field goal went through, I screamed like a little girl. I ran outside and screamed at my neighbor. He's a big ball fan, yelling across the street. I'm yelling at him, Hey, no balls and stuff in the middle of the night. I'm sure the cop, I mean, the neighbors called the cops, some of the neighbors, but. I mean, it was so cool, and that ball goes across the field goes like a watermelon. It goes over oh this God, way, not unbelievable. that way. You know, unbelievable.
0: unbelievable, insane. Like they shot it in midair, like a duck or something. It was just, it was so <laughs> unbelievable,
2: but pretty exciting, man. I screamed like a little girl. I just <laughs> loved
0: it. Well, when Tennessee is good, uh, your guys' fan base is so passionate and and just rabid. I mean, they're just. The, the, you know, I remember watching the games growing up, and then you know, in college and stuff, and and the Peyton Manning era and stuff like that, and you just see that place with the checkered when they checkered flag that, you know the, obviously the end zone when they checkered flag the, the crowd the check yeah. whatever you know how they do that that's that's yes, really cool up. yeah really exactly. cool so yeah, it'll be I'm glad the red. game is in Athens I can promise you that because <laughs> that that would not be fun going to Knoxville
2: man I hope I hope I hope the fans are you know handle themselves whoever wins or loses I hope the fans do it the right way you know more important than anything else
0: I would imagine uh we're hearing stories that there's a lot like thousands of people traveling from Tennessee in for the game into Athens so we're really oh, kind of yeah. anxious to see if they make it into the stadium because you know they get a certain amount of tickets but you know whenever that happens like we've had some we've taken over some stadiums on the road. That has sure. been you know pretty well documented. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Athens on Saturday.
2: I'd say the Athens folks are going to guard them tickets with their lives. It won't be, I mean, there'll be a fair amount of orange in there, but I'd say you guys are gonna be, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be.
0: You're
2: going to I'm hoping so.
0: And- yeah, I'm hoping so. We need to be loud, we need to bring it and be disruptive for sure. <laughs> it's just gonna to be too crazy. We're thinking about going taking the family up, but we're gonna go up in a couple of weeks for the Georgia Tech game. It's just easier with the kids and Jules. It's just not, uh, that environment is going to be insane on Friday and Saturday. Are yeah,
2: you going to be,
1: <clears throat> what's that?
2: I said, so I'd love to make a game there someday. So maybe I'd meet you guys at Elgate. Oh, sometime. man, that'd be awesome. incredible. Yes. That'd be incredible. Are, do,
1: you, do you know your schedule for Saturday yet? Or are you going to maybe be pulling your phone out, checking some scores? I'm,
2: I'm, I don't think the, I don't know how much coverage this will get on television. So I don't, I don't know how much, uh, They'll be trying to avoid uh, TV. You know, the tour, will, a lot of times, if there's a big, giant ball game on, the tour will send us out early, you know, and they won't, the, then they'll just do the coverage like it's live later, but we'll be done in time to watch the ball games by ourselves. I, and I think with uh, two different golf courses here and only 148-man field, we'll, I'm sure we'll be done in time to watch. It's like a 3.30 kickoff, ain't it? Yep. yep. Yeah, we'll, we should be done. I think we're teeing off anywhere from, I think it's a uh, eight thirty to ten thirty off two golf courses. But even by Saturday, there may be a cut here. I don't even know if there's a cut. I think there's a cut, but I'm not positive. There may not even be a cut, but there, there's enough player, there's enough uh, teeth spots where it's eight thirty to ten thirty each each day. So,
0: and where does Chris do need done? to finish? Where do you need them to finish? Top twenty five. You know, I,
2: I think it's. <clears> I'm not sure. I think everybody here gets some form of some kind of status by being in this field. But to get full status, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't care. I, I mean, I haven't even looked, I haven't asked, him. I don't want to put any pressure on him. I just You're want right. to be, just beat the snot out of everybody every day and make them hey, this that's what's my job, you know. That's
0: perfect. Love yeah. that. Solid gameplay. That's
1: like a football attitude on yeah. the golf course. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, so
0: tell, so I know that you played a lot of sports. I know that uh, you have an occasion to quote your Frame and your your height and weight your stats as, as and your age and and you're still what you can do from speed and strength standpoint and club head speed and golf and all the other things so I, I know that you are an athlete and you played a lot of different sports when you were growing up um
2: Tell everybody just a couple of those what what you played. Well I wasted so much time in school uh chasing are you guys still with me?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, my battery thing popped up. I got 20%. I should be all right. I can just plug it in. Uh, so, uh, I wasted so much time in my career, uh, chasing that gum daggum... Did I mess it up? No, no. you're good yeah. So I I wasted so much time in my life chasing that dang basketball, man. I lived, uh, I played hoops all the way through my senior year in high school, you know, hoops and golf, but, uh. I played uh, played other sports leading up to it, football and baseball and stuff. But uh, basketball was my second best sport, I guess, you'd say. But it wasn't much room for a five eight white kid that couldn't throw it in the ocean, standing on the beach. So, but you know, a lot of that stuff that I did, that I thought, you know, because the uh, basketball came just before the golf season, and our basketball coach he trained us hard. You know, we w- lifted weights and stuff, and. And this was in the 70s, you know, before guys knew. And so I'm in the weight room and I'm pushing up weights and I'm thinking, killing my golf game, killing my golf game, getting stronger. You know, you don't want to get muscles for golf, you want to be flexible. But, and I was smashing it by everybody. And I was, and all I could think was, man, if I weren't lifting these weights, think how much further I'd be hitting by these guys. But <laughs> uh, I, it back I was hitting it by them because I was strong, you know, and guys started to find that out later in life. But, uh, I was terrible. At, I mean, I was an okay point guard. I was fast and and uh, and could dribble and 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 uh, pass like crazy. But man, I really was a poor shot. Man, I shot like a knuckleball. If it didn't hit center cut pork chops, it rattled out of there. It never just went down. <laughs> so much <laughs> wasted time playing. But you know, I always say I, I tell everybody uh, <laughs> I could dunk a, a volleyball to us thirty five years old, and I'm only five eight, so I. Was, Pretty fast and has some had some pretty good leapers on me. So that's <laughs> yeah, that is legit. Yeah, that's awesome. So, but uh, I think being athletic helped me in my golf career. You know, I thought it I thought it did the opposite, but I'm looking back, it, it did exactly. It made me stronger. My core was strong and stuff. And so oh, stamina. I mean, think about yeah. f-
0: physical stamina keeps yeah, you mentally to... stronger. I was, I was mean, gonna say
1: the mental side of it too. Uh,
2: no mm-hmm. doubt. And being, you know, and being a competitive crap. That's big. And, you know, and not wanting to lose and all that helped me. But stamina, you know, I used to play in golf terms as an amateur where the cart fee was paid for as part of the entry. I was walking and carrying my bag. I didn't want to be on that buggy. You know, I, I wouldn't even get tired, but now nah, I get pretty tired carrying around. sixty-two. <laughs> but I still, I like to say, uh, Jim, Jimbo, uh, I am the fastest five, eight, 230 pound 62 year old white man on the face of the earth in short distance. <laughs> yes, short
1: distance. yes. Uh, that's what I was talking I know about. That later window that.
2: every time you put a thing in it, 5'8, 230. There's only about eight of us in that fit in that category, but I'm the fastest <laughs> one of the eight. That,
1: that is incredible. <laughs> those are the best. I dusted
2: his, he, he spotted me 25 yards on a 100 yard dash. And and it was for three hundred bucks, and he says he paid me. He never paid me. He lost by twenty five yards. I dusted his ass. It mean, was it Billy Horschel the
1: oh, day geez. after
2: the day after he won the FedEx. The very next day at a, at the uh, Colt Ford Pro Am, we had been talking. He'd been telling me he spot me, and somebody said, "Hey, it's not a better time than right now. Let's do it." And we ran up eighteen fairway. He said he slipped at the start, and he slipped in the middle, but he jumped the gun fast on me they said too but he lost by 25 yards that dust me
0: wow nice. <laughs> yes wow well those are the combine stats i was referring to ladies yeah. and gentlemen that is my yes. man right there my brother from another like, mother <laughs> uh i want to do the quick six jimbo what yeah. else do you have for kip i don't want to take it uh, this whole night
1: no i know i think um i think i'm good i'm,
0: I'm should we get some predictions oh yeah
1: oh score yeah, yeah. score prediction and we'll do that now yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do, do it at the very end, end.
0: all right all right, so yeah. Get get your mind right for a score prediction here, Kipper. And let me get into the, do the I six.
2: Now, club pro guy, he'll give you a uh, safe word. Can I use a safe word, or do I get one safe word, or I got to answer them all? Are they? Are they, Am I going to get fired tonight after answering? This,
0: this is a fam- no, no, this a It's a family show, bro. Don't worry, I got okay. you.
2: <laughs> You'll I'll
0: see. Quit. Don't worry.
2: You'll I'll see. Quit custom, man.
0: We like we like the. No, you can cost. We we let them fly yeah. every once in a while, but. Uh, um, so this, I think you'll see where this goes, but it's, it's pretty good, pretty fun stuff. And uh, we just like comparing to what other people say. All right. So first right. thing that comes to your first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. And don't worry, it won't be CPG style. And what's going on at other places and that kind of thing. So don't worry about that. Uh, by all the way, right. Tom, T-bone Tommy, my brother, not son. Sure. Dresses up like the club pro guy all the time. He has the whole get up and just randomly shows up, flies in and shows up. I it's love the Claybro guy. He's the best. Oh, he is. He's unbelievable. Uh, all right. You ready? Here we go. Yep, first fire one. Away. F- favorite ice cream?
2: Butter Brickle. You don't see it everywhere anymore, but we used to eat it when I was a kid.
0: That's the first time we've gotten Butter Brickle. Yeah. I've never heard of it. My dad, my
2: father, yeah. Sam, Brown Daddy, he loved Butter Brickle.
0: What, the, what is it?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's like some kind of toffee, kind of with little crunchy toffee things in it. This is dynamite. Okay.
0: okay. All right. So I mentioned you were a multi-sport athlete, obviously basketball and golf. And I know you, I know you played the other ones and I know you're better than you say you were, because that's just how you are. Uh, But if you, if you looked at all the sports you played, what was your favorite?
2: Uh, Golf, easily my favorite, but baseball was my best sport, period. I was, I could, I think I could have took baseball as, as far. Of course, I didn't take my golf very far, really. But I could have took my baseball as far. I love baseball, man. My dad was a great uh, baseball softball player, and it was just in my DNA. And I loved, you know, I caught. I played second. I used to play third when my arm was worth the crap. Then my arm got bad once the bases spread out. and I couldn't play third anymore. But I loved baseball. I could hit. You know, I had great eyes. You know, it was my best sport. I should have kept probably playing it instead of hoops.
0: Wow, and what uh, what was your jersey number in hoops? Hoops was
2: 12 at home, 13 on the road. I always wanted 13. 13 is my favorite number, it's my dad's football jersey number. So I'll put anytime I mark my golf balls, if it's a one, I, make, I put a three behind it, to make it 13. If it's a three, I put a one in front of it to make it 13. And then nice. uh, my football That's jersey really was cool. 41. You can't use four balls either. I've got eight fours, I won't use fours. And Stuart Singh, he used to laugh. I said, You're not using E4s. People just laugh like crazy. So and I'll turn those into 41, my old football jersey. I wore 41 playing football. I hated it, but that was my number.
0: So you had a you had a different jersey number, home or away?
2: Yeah, because uh they I think they used to do the, you know, the fouls and the referees called like one five or one. I think it was I had 12 at home and 13 on the road. I don't know why somebody asked ask the next smart person on your thing why that was one of I think just to keep the jerseys opposite. Everything everybody in those days had opposite. They had odd on the road and even at home. There had to be a reason for it, but Michael didn't go to 24 when he was at, at no. home, did he? <laughs> no,
0: no, no. That's interesting. <laughs> that I never,
2: I've never heard
0: that. That's probably my first thought was. You know, that's the uniforms we had, right? Like, what jersey numbers you get? Well, whatever they gave me. You know, I couldn't well, pick my own jersey. I just gave it to you. And maybe they a- just had two sets of uniforms, and there was no 12 on the one, or there was no 13 in the other.
2: I can remember, and I can't tell you why, but I think every school did it in my day. Somebody on figured, no, why. But at home, it was white, and I was 12. On the road, it's purple, and I was 13. You know, we were purple and gold, but we had white and purple jerseys. White at home, number 12, 13, purple on the road. But 13 That's was cool. my number.
0: That's cool. That's cool. All right. So, avid sports guy, great athlete, played them all. You watch them all. Who's your favorite sports team? I think I know.
2: Sports team?
0: Yeah. Bra- Bravies. I, I knew it. Yeah. Bravies? We lived in
2: Braves. Atlanta yeah. when I was when I was 60, in 1964, 65, I lived in Atlanta. We moved out of there just before the hippies took Atlanta over. The hippies used to scare my parents.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that going around. I think my mom and dad didn't like that either.
2: Yeah. But those long hairs, mom and dad go, those long hairs. And then we started wearing our hair long, and they stopped hating hippies so bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. These are going to be super easy for you, buddy. Then we'll wrap it up. And I'll kick it back to Jimbo. Favorite golf course you've ever played? The honors. The honors. It's,
2: it's near my home,
0: Tennessee. It's, Chattanooga. It's
2: straight dynamite, man. There's not a cooler place on earth to get to play. I'll probably average about one time a year there. You know, some years I haven't played it this year, of course, I've been under construction. But I try not to wear my welcome out there. They're pretty dang good to me when I when I do get to go over there. But I once a year, once every two years, all I get to play it. But man, when I do, it's it's a I'm a kid in a candy store. I just love it. Everything about it. It's all golf. There ain't no tennis courts. Ain't no swimming pool. There ain't no pickleball. You go in there, you're golf balling, man, and it's on. It's, a, it's such a great track. Oh, that's yeah. killer. That killer. What's awesome.
0: the what's the favorite place you've ever caddied?
2: My, well, I got to caddy at Augusta. That was pretty dynamite. But as far as, uh, you know, I caddied at uh, St. Andrews, <clears throat> Carnoustie, and Turnberry over there, Hebble. But really, the weekly tournament—you know—that's not a major uh, uh, Hilton Head. That's that's my place. We always have a big house, you know, and Brent, and his flunky buddies, come down from Chattanooga. and I mean, we'll get six, eight-bedroom house. And we, well, we
1: were—I think we were there with you. When you you did. I remember
2: you being out yeah. by the pool. Now you're right.
1: Yeah, you yeah. You, got been, of, you got a couple you got a couple wins in Hilton Head, right? When you were on well, the well, just
2: just one, but it was a good one. It we could have yeah. won ten times because he won it by Brian Gay won it by ten shots. There, it's pretty incredible. Whew. Wow!
1: That's Only wild. five
2: people in the last fifty years have won by ten shots or more, and little old Brian Gay is one of them. Pretty That's cool, fat.
0: unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable yeah. set. How many five?
2: Five, but Tiger's done it like five times himself. But yeah. Only five different humans have won by more than 10 shots, like in 50 years of BJ Tur golf.
0: Last That's question, crazy. and this is this is something for the fans. What's your low round ever? I know the answer Sh- to this, I think.
2: i shot 61. I've shot it like three times. Can't get any lower than that.
0: I'm gonna do it. Ooh, I years. thought you shot I knew you shot
2: 61. I thought you shot 60. Three different times. One time at my where I was the head pro at Heatherhurst, I birdied one. And by this at this time, I never had more than five birdies in a row. And the seventh hole on that side, it was a reachable par five. And I birdied one. I'd only had five in a row as my most I ever had. And I had like a like a 25, 30 footer on the fifth hole to make five in a row. And I and I said, before I put it, I said, if I get this one, I'm gonna tie my, I'm gonna beat my record, but then I'm gonna beat it by two because I know I'm gonna birdie that next hole. So I birdied the sixth hole. I've knocked it on two on the seventh hole and made that for seven in a row. On eight, I had like a 30-footer. foot I mean, it went down in the hole and lipped out. Then I birdied nine, and oh. then I birdied oh. ten, and then oh. I birdied eleven. I was standing oh on 12T, and I birdied eleven out of the first twelve holes. And With a I started out. thinking, I, started saying, I still got to shoot three under from here in or two under from here in to break. 60, how hard is it to break 60? Let's see, I was only 10 under at the time. I buried 10 and 11. I turned 8, buried 10 limb. <laughs> 11. I was 10. I, I still got to shoot three under on the last seven holes to break uh, 60. And then uh, we were playing cart golf. I, pull, I snapped it off the 13th hole, and we couldn't find my ball, and we just rode in. We didn't even play the last four holes. I was like, how many under was I, I would have been still 10 or 11, under. I don't know. We just rode in. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I should have stayed. I should have looked for that ball longer or played a provisional. I might have broke 61 that day. So that's oh a long time. Oh, my story. gosh.
1: That is unbelievable.
0: Well, I knew you'd done it a few times. I couldn't remember if it was 61 or 60.
2: <laughs> that dad didn't even shoot 61 that day. I just rode in. It was funny. <laughs>
0: 10
2: out of 11. Bro.
1: That's unbelievable. God. And Holy you're spouse.
0: making a 25-30. I know you can put. I can hoop pots, man. I can see downhill. I know he can put. I
2: can see downhill. That's all you got to be able to do to (laughs) read. This is lower than that. So the law's going that way.
1: (laughs) When you sum it up like that, that makes it a lot easier. Yeah. (laughs) Well, again, Uncle Kip, thank you so much for joining us. Before we end the interview, two things. We want a score prediction from you for the Tennessee Georgia game. And then. And uh, you if you want, you can shout out your social media page. I know you've got a big following on Twitter or any, really anything that you want to say to anybody listening.
2: How do people find the Great Uncle Kipper?
1: It's just Kip Henley on on
2: Twitter. Uh, right, I think perfect. Like no breaks or something. I don't know. There can't be that many Kip Henleys running around <laughs> on there. So I'm Kip Henley <laughs> Hill- at, at Kip Henley on. The twatter, I call it. So. You got to go
0: follow him. He's got his own language. He's got his yeah. own, uh, yes. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, 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 in your description, I don't know if you still have the same description on there, but do you, do you, do you still have the one about what you do for a living?
2: Well, I think I took that one. I've changed it where I, I said a clean guy's balls and <laughs> <laughs> carry heavy stuff. I think I changed it to, uh, I think, like tiger gives me the head bob when he sees me that's what I'm I don't know. I change it from time to time. <laughs> I love it. I like to that's have fun on there. And if you become a loyal follower and you really want to understand me, you need to order a kitchenary. So it's the only way you can understand it. That's you exactly we, right. Uh, He's got his own lingo. I'm yeah. telling you it's
0: his own language.
2: Yeah. I speak in kip they like to call it. So you need a yes. kitchenary to be able to read it.
0: Yeah. You but gotta I like watch to have street. fun on there. It's really you're really good, buddy. You're a great follower. Everybody yes. get out there and follow him check it out. Now give us your score prediction. I know which I way you're
2: leaning. I think. It, well, obviously, I'm gonna. I'm saying the Vols, but uh, I think it's. I think it's a field goal game again. It's 34-31, Big Orange yeah. baby. We'll do it again. That kid. I hope his field goal goes through there this way this time, <laughs> not that way this time. Yeah. It doesn't
0: matter how it goes through as long as it yeah, goes you're right. Through.
2: As long as it goes through. But I hope it's a barn burner, man. I hope. It, I hope it's tight. I hope the fans handle it right. You know, both sides and the, and the players handle it right. Man, it's really going to be an exciting ball. I just pray it's a tight one.
0: It's going mm-hmm. to be electric. It's just going to be electric. It's going to be electric. And if if Tennessee wins, what a storybook season to beat Georgia and Alabama. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, that is something. Uh, and believe- it, if they don't win, it, it's not over. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's
2: not. I still think the, they be, they're going to be in the playoffs. <laughs>
1: I, I think there's a very good chance of that happening. Yeah, even it could the, be
0: It could be Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, all three of them getting in. There is a scenario be, where that, that could would happen. be fabulous.
1: Yeah. Oh, that yeah. would be That's unbelievable. Incredible.
2: <laughs> yeah, incredible. That would be so good.
0: <laughs> Listen, my brother, it's great to see you, man. Tell all of your siblings, your wife, and your beautiful daughters that I said hello, and we got to cross paths on the course. road. And whether we cross paths in Jacksonville or Athens or wherever the hell it might be, man,
2: I really hope it's soon. It's an honor for Uncle Kip to be on there with you boys, and I mean that.
0: We love it, uh, buddy. Going you
2: we're going to be voting for you someday. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank start you. Start being a mayor
2: down there soon. You need to be a mayor and then the representative and then yep. the governor. <laughs> and then we're going to take you all the way. Got we, it. When, we, when we're tired of uh, DeSantis, we'll start the McCarthy.
1: Okay. There you go. I love it. There we go. I love it. There we go. See, Uncle Kim. Thanks so much. Thanks, bro. We'll see. me on, boys. Of course. Later. No
2: balls. No dogs. (laughs) No
1: dogs.
0: Uh, So, Tennessee. We knew. Like people have been asking us the last three, four, five weeks. What's our biggest issue? What's our biggest threat? Who is it going to be? It's Tennessee. We've known that. They have now climb their way up to number 2 in the polls Jimbo. They're 8-0 like we are. They've beaten Alabama, right? They've knocked down the the big the, you know the, the the almighty Alabama. Uh they've had a couple of other close games. Uh I think they they were real close Florida actually played them close and they they maybe should have lost that game. We watched was that Pitt? Yep. Pitt. Yep, at Pitt uh, in,
1: in overtime. 34-27. Week 2. Yeah.
0: That was was that that was when um, we were watching uh the, the rain out with the yeah. satellites and we had the Chive TV on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we know they're dangerous. I've been telling you Josh Heifel is a problem. Um, I think he's a disruptor. I think he's a great coach. Uh, we have some local folks here that know him that you know have sort of paved the way for us to under have have a better understanding of that. Uh, this, I think, is the biggest regular season game we've had uh, in some time. Um, I Since think playing Alabama, Alabama game regular season, LSU game regular season, Clemson and Clemson. Those three, but this is later in the season than that Clemson game. It's about the time of that. I think it's gonna be a little later than the than LSU game and the Notre Dame, Notre Dame games were yeah. big, but I think this this is up there at the top for uh, sure. Athens is gonna be roaring. We know Tennessee fans have been starving, and I I will bet there'll be a lot of Rocky Top Tennessee fans in Athens this weekend causing a ruckus, because that's what they do. They do that when they lose. Yeah. And they're number two in the country coming into Athens. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be crazy downtown Athens, all over campus, we gotta make sure we keep those jokers out of our stadium. And as Coach Smart said on social media, everybody better leave with no voice.
1: Yes, I agree. It's going to be, like I said earlier, the first one versus two matchup ever, um, according to the AP poll. In Sanford Stadium history, the um, CFP rankings come out on Tuesday. um, So we'll see where those rankings end up. I have a feeling that we will not be number one in those rankings. I think it's going to be Tennessee at number one in the college football playoff rankings because of their win over Alabama and that being their biggest quality win. Um, but, yes, I think there will definitely be a lot of Tennessee fans in Athens. I don't know how many will be getting into the stadium. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I know the Tennessee fans, like you said, are starving. They'd probably pay Anything. a shit ton of money to get in the stadium. But... Um, also, like you just mentioned, they've had a pretty wild season so far. They came back and beat Pitt in overtime at Pittsburgh. They had a four-quarter game against Florida, the thriller, obviously, that most people watched against Bama. And then they, another notable game, they just smoked Kentucky, forty-four to six at home. Um, I thought that game was gonna be a little bit closer. I would picked Tennessee last, or I had picked Kentucky last week. That was not the case. Um, their defense played really, really well. But everybody knows Josh Heupel is a great coach. I don't know if many people know that he came in second in the Heisman voting when he played quarterback at Oklahoma. So he's a very good player as well. He's also being targeted by a lot of NFL teams right now. So that came out. Adam Schefter tweeted it. Who knows um, what happens with that in his future at Tennessee. Be the best thing that could happen to us. Yes, definitely. but to get into what they're going to do and how they play, obviously you guys have seen them play. They go very fast. They also lead the country in first quarter scoring. If you remember a year ago, they went up against us. Uh, they went up on us 7-0 very quickly. Um, that was opening drive first, right out of the box. Yep, yeah. on the first drive against us last year at Neyland Stadium. Um, Cedric Tillman will be back, which he had over 200 yards, receiving against us last year. Did Jaylen, he play?
0: I think he played against Kentucky.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hyatt is obviously their big big play guy. This year he's got, I think, nine or ten touchdowns. I think it's 11. Maybe more. Yeah, it might be 11. Might but, be 12. Um, yeah, I don't know. A lot. So he's got a ton. It's double a lot digits
0: of, for sure. It's 11 or 12. And I think Tillman's got a
1: bunch too. Tillman has barely played this year because he's been hurt. Okay. Um, so uh, Jalen Hyatt has been their lead guy in the stat category. I think what we're gonna need to do is, I think Keeley and Kamari will basically have to play their best games of their careers to limit those guys on the outside. Um, They rank number one in total offense. We rank second. We're ranked fourth in total defense. They're ranked 82nd. So clearly, one of those things is not like the others. Their defense can be a liability. They gave up 49 to Alabama and still won the game, which is astonishing. But with their offense, um, they like getting in shootouts. So I really think um, the key here will be to limiting their explosive plays on the outside with Hyatt and Tillman. If we can limit um, those deep balls, I really – I don't think we'll have a problem stopping the run. And this team runs the ball more than people think. Like Stetson has more passing yards than Hennon and Hooker. I think on the surface you'd probably think to yourself – Um, there's no way that's true. Tennessee throws it around. They throw it 50 times a year. Like, it seems like they do, but they don't. They really do utilize a good run game. They have three running backs with over 350 rushing yards on the year. So, um, and Hendon Hooker has over 300 rushing yards on the year. So, really, I I don't think we'll have a problem stopping the run game because that's kind of our bread and butter as a defense and what we scheme to do. It's really going to be stopping those playmakers on the outside. And the toughest thing about their offense is they go fast. They run a fastball offense. And you basically cannot sub on defense, like what I was saying earlier about Jalen Carter. Like, you know, Georgia, when it goes to third down, you see us have kind of a mass swap of guys. Well, you really can't do that against Tennessee because they play so fast. So. It'll be interesting to see what we do from a personnel standpoint, but our players are going to have to get ready to play the entire game. They're going to have to be very well conditioned. And the one Achilles heel for Tennessee is an offense that goes really fast like that. When you don't get a first down, your offensive possessions are not long at all. And your defense gets very, very tired. They already do not have a very good defense. So I really think in the first half, if we can get – Two, ide- I mean, ideally stop him every time, but their offense is really good, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. If we can get three stops in, you know, the first 20 to 22 minutes of the game, I really think we'll be able to pull away and protect the lead because they turn the ball – they they don't turn it over to you. But, you know, when you stop them, it's like a minute-long drive. Right. Ma- sometimes Less. not even that much. Yep. So – um. I really think if we get two or three stops early, we will be able to feel very good about where we're at in this game. I think. I like that. I like that.
0: So they, yeah, you know, they're going to come in um, probably with uh, that sort of chip and ego like South Carolina tends to do, and, and you know, somewhat deservedly so. But they might be a little out over their skis. I mean, you look at this thing. 82nd in defense is a is a glaring thing and they just smacked Kentucky. They did. Their there defense were some, played very well. There were some Kentucky. parts early in that game where there was a there was a call or two that were really impactful when it was a 7-6 and a 14-6 ball game that really had uh, game-changing sort of effects. So I would have loved to have seen that a little bit differently and see what what would have played out. Um, but they, you know, I give it to them. They, they definitely handled them. So I think we're in for, uh, I think we're in for a real ball game here. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what Coach Munkin does. I think he has a chance to sort of be the, the MVP here. But we have got to control the line of scrimmage. We have got to protect Stetson, and we've got to block well for the run game. If we block well for the run game, protect Stet, we can't. They can't beat us. They, cannot, yeah, I, they can't beat us.
1: Yeah, I think if we just win, like we always say, and this goes along to your point, if we just win both lines of scrimmage, if we win on both sides of the line of scrimmage, we'll win the game. Yeah. Um, Because when you look at it also from the numbers of their offense, they average 553 yards per game, 49.4 points per game. They're 50% on third down, and they're 73% on fourth down. Like, go for it a decent bet. They're 14 of 19 on fourth down. So... Really, I think the best defense for them is us holding the ball on offense, winning the time of possession battle, just like you said. If we block well for the run, then we'll be good.
0: I think we'll see a little bit more of Branson Robinson. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll get all three running backs in there. I really do. I think we'll switch them in and out, and I think we'll pound it with Branson a little bit, give those guys a little break and allow them to – do some of the things out of the backfield that, that Kenny can certainly do. Dejon's a damn tough, tr- tough runner. I'm not trying to say he's not. For sure. But you mix it up and give them a breather, and you get Branson in there, and he's a bowling ball. I mean, they just – that guy, they, you know, they can do whatever they whatever they can against him. I like. I think we'll see more of the three running back deal. I really do.
1: Yeah. No, I I think that's a good prediction. I, I think if, uh, if the coaches trust Branson, then I think we'll see him a lot. And – the one thing about Tennessee's defense that's not a weakness—they do pressure the quarterback a decent bit. They have 21 sacks on the year, so um, just to throw that stat out there. And to clarify, I just looked up the touchdown stats. Hyatt has 14 touchdowns. Tillman only has one because he has been hurt most of the year. But Hendon Hooker has thrown 21, 14 of them to the same guy. But I think
0: some of those are rushing, aren't they? I think. No. Oh no.
1: That's not including his rushing touchdowns. Oh wow. Um. 21 passing touchdowns, 14 of them have been to the same guy. So if we can limit Hyatt and kind of eliminate him, um, I know Tillman's going to be back, and he's full speed, and he's really, really good. But really, if we can limit those guys, I feel really good about it. The only other thing I'll say, two more things, is they are very good at the RPO game, and that's where a lot of their – they did it to Alabama a ton where Hyatt ran that post route and he seemed to be wide open every time on the RPOs. I mean, he had six touchdowns against Alabama. Um, If we can really be disciplined for their RPO game, I feel great about it. And another thing that we used to do when practicing and scheming for Tennessee is our offensive scout team would snap the ball every 10 seconds in between plays to go super, 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 super fast. Sometimes we do it even quicker to where some of it would be, kind of unrealistic it's going so fast but if you practice as fast as possible Mm -hmm. the game seems slower so Kirby's had a very good resume um, against playing offenses like this that go super fast they go tempo he's obviously we did well at Nealon last year a lot of people thought that was a trap game for us we did well players to watch on Tennessee obviously their big three on offense Hennon Hooker Cedric Tillman Jalen Hyatt and then on defense, Aaron Beasley, their linebacker. He's up there. Um, I think he's second on the team in tackle, senior linebacker. And then Byron Young leads the team in sacks with five. He's a D lineman. Um, and now getting into what we will do, um, which we kind of just talked about a little bit, so we don't have to spend a ton of time on this. But um, contain their run game. Work on We work on fastball offenses all year, but especially this week. Um, I already said defend against the RPO, and I think probably the biggest thing, another thing about this game, whoever wins the turnover battle will likely win the game. Hendon Hooker is very smart with the football. He's only thrown one interception all year. So if we can force turnovers and steal possessions from them, I would feel a lot better about the game. Um, I don't think we'll see as much tempo as we used in the Florida game in this one. I think we could in short yarded situations around the goal line. Coach Muggin really likes to do that, and um, I still think I do think we'll try to get the run game going to limit their time of possession. But their secondary is really the worst part of their team. So hopefully we'll get the run game going, see play action, see some stuff down the field. But Maybe don't be surprised. Arian. Yeah, I think I think this could be a breakout game for Arian Smith off of play action. Um, and like I said, um, I already mentioned what we do as a scout team, snapping the ball less than 10 seconds. So really conditioning and execution will be paramount this week. We will not be able to sub a lot on defense. Um, and I guarantee you when we are able to, we will have our guys jog off and on very, very slowly because the referee has to hold the snap as long as our guys are getting off the field. Right. So look for that again. And then keys to the game to wrap it all up, start fast. We've beating team 74-6 to in the first quarter. We need to keep that going with Tennessee because they start fast. Pressure the quarterback. Um, their O-line is pretty good, but if we can get pressure on Hendon Hooker and wrap him up when we pressure him, because he, he has over 300 yards rushing, he can get out, he can extend plays. Those receivers are very good at getting open. If we can pressure him, and whoever's playing linebacker or safety that comes down to add the pressure, We just need to wrap up and make the tackle, play fundamental football. That'll be huge. Play effective man-to-man coverage on the outside, win the line of scrimmage, and win the turnover battle. I know that's a lot to do. If we can do the majority of those things, I think we win the game.
0: Yeah, we'll be happy on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think so. Good. Uh, So, um, Jimbo, we got – sorry I had to to check in there and make sure we got the uh, dinner ordered. uh, trick-or-treating starting soon. we got to kind of move on with the rest of the program here. Um, it's halloween we can't let the tiny humans down and we've got to get into costumes so yes uh um, what do i got left there i get you just got my, nfl dogs I real quick pages over there it's oh here it is yeah, going well. um costumes, I costumes am, here for the two average gyms i'm gonna Gemma. be
1: i'm gonna be goose from the top gun maverick movie my little brother is maverick and i'm gonna be goose
0: and i'm gonna be Herschel walker nice uh, Maddie is uh, a, a deer a, Yeah, some a type reindeer, of deer, deer, reindeer Deer. I don't know she she's very excited about it <laughs> yeah. yeah and I don't um, know if Jules is dressing up
1: yeah I don't know
0: maybe she has a surprise
1: um, so real quick so we keep moving through this and we can get to Halloween NFL dogs we just got a couple shout outs Isaiah McKenzie played a great game for the Bills and their primetime win over the Packers Lorenzo Carter had a huge pick six for the Falcons in their overtime win. Tyson Campbell had a big interception and in the Jags' lost at the start of the game. Like we said, that was a little depressing for us as Jags fans. And now we will hit the gambling picks. But first, we have to get into our score predictions for the 3:30 kick at Sanford Stadium against Tennessee. Big Jim, do you have your prediction?
0: I'm going... To 37 27 dogs
1: nice I'm going in that range too I'm giving Tennessee 28 points I'm gonna go 42 to 28 Georgia so we're both going high scoring affairs yep okay um, and then so I've our first game for gambling picks Tennessee at Georgia Georgia's favored by eight and a half a lot of people are questioning this line I'm sti- we're sticking with the dogs yep. but I really don't think it's if you get two to three stops against Tennessee, I really don't think it's that unreasonable of a line. I, I'm not too, like super scared about it. Um, next, Alabama at LSU. LSU or Alabama is favored by thirteen. Uh. I, 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 it is a night game.
0: Night game. LSU big dog. Alabama, I think, wins the game. Uh, Brian Kelly may be getting his legs under him to some degree. I got to go with what our great friend Mike Perennia said out at the uh, Mandalay Bay Sportsbook and Casino. Yep. Take the dog. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing too. Yeah. I think
1: Alabama wins, but I think LSU keeps it within a touchdown. Next, we move on to the ACC. Clemson at Notre Dame. This is a night game at Notre Dame. Clemson's favored by three and a half. Could be a big bounce back win for Marcus Freeman.
0: Clemson's luck runs out. The Irish. Pull it off. Yep. I'm saying right now, not only take the three and a half. The Irish pull it off. Marcus Freeman is getting his feet under him for sure. And there's quarterback stuff at Clemson. They've been getting by these games with some other sort of fringe help here and there. I'm going Irish. Win the game, and obviously three and a half points. That that you know yep. helps everything. So I'd, I'd, I'd I'm going the, the same.
1: Irish. I think they're going to pull off a big upset. Next, we come back to the SEC for our last two games. Florida at Texas A&M, as you all know, we cannot pick Florida. A&M is favored by three. I I do actually think A&M pulls this one out at home because I really think this is a must win. I've been picking against Jimbo Fisher for the last couple weeks. I really think this is a must win for Jimbo Fisher and that A&M team.
0: He's three and five. Correct. He would be three and six if he loses his game.
1: Yeah, I, that's why I'm saying this is a must win.
0: I agree. I totally agree yeah. with
1: you. So I, I think A&M... I'll I'll go with you there. There. I'll go with you there. Narrowly. I think they cover the spread. Auburn at Mississippi State. Auburn will have an interim head coach. We do not know who that is yet. I'm going with Mississippi State um, because I think Auburn is vulnerable. I think you will see some guys hit the transfer portal this week or announce their intentions, and they will no longer play this season due to redshirt rules and things of that nature. So I think Auburn's team will be a little bit, banged up and just decimated from the coaching change, I'm going Mississippi State minus 13.
0: I could see why you would say that, but as the great Lee Corso says, not so fast, Jimbo. (laughs) I'm going with my goddaughter Care Bear and the Auburn Tigers. Where there's crisis, there's opportunity. New AD today, he sets the tone. And one thing that happens when there's a crisis and everything's up in the air, everybody gets a little more focused, typically. They get a little sharper and they try a little harder because it's like we got to do this, we got to get it right, etc. I'm taking the dog again, thanks to Mike Perenio's advice out in Las Vegas at Mandalay Bay. I'm going Auburn Tigers Care Bear. You and I arrived this one together, <laughs> plus thirteen, Jimbo. We're together for four of those, but the Auburn game is the one that uh, is the difference maker.
1: Yep, it is. We're gonna have to see what happens. I'm excited. It's going to be a great week. I'm very excited for our game, but these are going to be fun games to watch. Clemson-Notre Dame at night, Alabama-LSU at night. After that Tennessee-Georgia 330 window, I know Florida and A&M is at noon, and Auburn and Mississippi State, i Don't know what time that game is at, but we have a lot of good football to watch this weekend. I'm excited.
0: Like every Saturday, college football just won't let you down. Like Vern Lundquist told us, Jimbo, who's done everything there is to do, period, 20 sports around the world, he said college football is where it's at. Yes. I'm a believer. It's my thing. It's the number one. Uh, And certainly it it, it never ceases to impress us, week in and week out, just the flavor, the rivalries, the passion, the whole thing. This is a huge week for us, buddy. Um, On some degree, I wish we were going to be going to Athens like we had planned, but on some degree, I'm glad we're staying home. We're not going to be in the middle of the ruckus and be able to watch the game with friends. Could be a big two-average gyms tailgate coming. Uh, That plan is in the works behind the scenes. We did have a vision meeting around 1 a.m. Saturday night on the river. Uh, All kinds of ideas floating around. We'll see, so stay tuned and watch social media because you might be able to come watch the game with us uh at a distinct location somewhere with some fun get out thursday night to the jacksonville bulldog club meeting if you're local 5:30 the at uh, burrito gallery over on gate parkway come see trip and the legacy group over there so thankful for their involvement and sponsorship et cetera with the bulldog club we will be there thursday evening watch party is Saturday at the same spot if you're going to be there we may be on the river we may be in a field we may be on a farm we're not exactly sure we've got all kinds of fun ideas that came out of this winter, over Georgia which tends to happen when you have a big win like that Winter Florida uh win over Florida excuse me uh we still have a little little bit of uh, fumes in us <laughs> from the weekend uh but it's Halloween time for us to go do some trick-or-treating with the tiny humans and uh Jimmy Evans is always a big thank you to you, and thank you thank to all Jimmy. of you guys for listening and watching. Please get involved in it somehow as far as commenting or liking it or whatever, and tell us. Tell us what you'd like to see or what you'd like to do better or ask us questions, whatever. We didn't get to our listener, listener questions today, but we will for sure double those up next week. Jim, but that's all I've got for today, man. We need a huge go, dogs, this week. One versus two. Game day will be there. College game day yeah. will be in Athens. The place will be on fire, flammable. Yep. We gotta really have a great week in practice, and uh, I wish it was Friday or so. Actually, Me too. I wish it was Saturday.
1: Me too. Yeah. Me too. Well, happy
0: Halloween, everybody out there. Uh, thank you again. That's all for now, Jimbo. Go dogs.
1: Go dogs, everybody. See you guys See next, you time. next. time. See you next time.